We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. The All-Star weekend is now over, so that means we're wrapping back up or getting ready for the second half of the year, although technically I think it's been the second half of the season for like 20 games now, which is funny because the NBA likes to word as the second half of the year, although every team has played 60 games. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. Join it, joined by our good friend Scorpio Sky from AEW. Sky, how you doing, man? I'm doing really good, man. I'm I'm getting ready for this second half slash like new season that we have uh, with this new squad. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Really quick before we continue, please do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. And for the podcast listeners, please give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. No Trevor Lane once again, but I think Trevor will be back on tomorrow's show. Trust me, I want Trevor to be back ASAP as well. It makes all our jobs here at Laker Nation a lot easier. So Trevor, safe travels back, bro. Uh, can't wait to have you back on. But today at Laker Nation, we're going to uh, look at some mailback questions that we posted, and then we're going to talk about uh, that. But we're going to dive first into the All-Star Weekend. First, LeBron, he, the NBA celebrated him once again uh during the all-star game it didn't have time but i believe it was in the second quarter lebron tries to block uh shago alexander he winds up messing up his finger or his hand rather he didn't play it all the rest of the second half or whatever he said in the presser after the game that it's not that big of a deal but for precautionary reasons he wasn't going to play. This was like after he said these are the 23 most important regular season games of his career Sky, should Laker fans be worried at all about LeBron's injury? I mean, Lakers Twitter went to a frenzy after LeBron got hurt, and rightfully so. I think anytime you have an aging superstar, a struggling team, or even just a star that has missed time in general, when you have games that you must win, there's definitely going to be concern. Um, We already had concern with LeBron's foot or ankle or whatever it was. And now, you know, a finger, I'm less worried about a finger, you know, that's kind of a common injury, hopefully nothing too bad. And he said, it's not too bad, Uh, but just LeBron's body in general, where there is a level of concern coming from me because we do need him going forward. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not a medical professional, but I feel like it's more, it's way easier to play with a hand injury than it is to play with like an ankle or a foot injury, especially like the, like an ankle or foot injury, typically, like especially if you travel or whatever, to LeBron's talked about this has been reported at least. The the planes and the flights, you know, traveling from city to city doesn't really help it. Where I think, and again, no me- no medical professional here, but I feel like a hand will be easier to play with. So uh, I'm not as worried about it, but I do understand the concern uh, from Laker Nation because, like you said, Sky, like, LeBron, you said it yourself, these are 23 massive games. And ironically, me and Jeff just talked about it on the last podcast. Like, if you told me to bet any amount of money that LeBron and AD were going to play all 23 games, I wouldn't do it because I, I don't think it's going to happen. And then this happens right after we get done recording. So that that's just nice. Yeah, it's really tough, especially adding so many new pieces. There is no time for like really gelling. 
Um, I'm very, very encouraged by the game they had against the Pelicans because they did play so well together uh, for the very first time, obviously with LeBron on the court. But you know, when everything's going well, it's you know, it's it's easy to look like you you're you're a well-oiled machine. But you know, the team has to come together when things aren't going well and when they're struggling, when they've got someone who's punching back. And that's where the chemistry comes in. So uh, they, they've got 23 games to get this thing um, as strongly knit as possible and get everybody playing on a string and hopefully push for a, a good playoff run. So really quickly, me and Jeff talked about this on the last pod. We, we looked into the first seven games for the Lakers coming out of the All-Star break. What is like the threshold? Like the Lakers have to hit this in that seven-game stretch to have a shot. This is obviously going to sound cliche, but I really, I don't think they're going to look at it in terms of, okay, in these next seven games, we need to go five and two or four and three or whatever it is. Uh, I call back to when LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers were down three, one to the golden state warriors in the NBA finals. You don't think, okay, wow, we got to win three more games. It's we got to win the next game. And you, I can kind of sympathize that with that as as an athlete. It's like you've got your next hurdle to leap over. You're not thinking about the the hurdles that are after that. You've got the next one. So I think they should they need to treat every single game like it is the game, and the the mentality needs to be win the next one, win the next one, win the next one. And I hope that that's what they're going into this with, and not thinking about okay, and there's 23 games. We got to do this, and we got to have this record at the end of it. It's like no, approach this one game at a time with the mentality of we need to win this next game. And that's a cop out for me. That's, <laughs> no, my, that's my great way of not answering your question. <laughs> no, that's a really interesting perspective. Something I haven't heard yet because, you know, let, let's say it, or let's say like uh, your answer had been five and two, right? But let's say the Lakers lose the first two games, knock on wood, coming out of the all-star break, right? Now putting myself in there, or at least in the coaching staff shoes, and I'm saying, shoot i said five and two we just lost two now you're adding unnecessary pressure to meet your own standard where like you said like like no duh right you have to go or like going back to that cap scenario no no duh you have to win three in a row to win the title but you have to take care of the one that's in front of you to get there so that's a good point and so yeah no that that is a rewarded uh cop out there we go <laughs> thank you all right let's dive into some of the uh the mailbag questions that we got here appreciate you guys uh, i got a couple of good questions from twitter and from instagram uh let's see the first one here from gregor grant ellis on twitter do you think the lakers should run it back with these new pieces next year to show what they can really do together first off what was the last time we could say the lakers can actually like return 70 percent of the roster was it the championship team it's been a while it's been a couple years obviously since i think the year after the championship team but um you know obviously we don't know exactly how this is going to look we can you know imagine how it's going to look you know it's a very it's a very small sample size that we have so far me personally i really like these pieces we have and i think once they do gel like i've said this to a couple of people i don't know what's going to happen this year but if we bring this same team back next year and they have a full offseason and a full training camp, I think we're going to be dangerous. And so I think this is something that Lakers fans can be very excited about if we bring this squad back, which we absolutely can. The you know, everything is set up. You know, Rob Palinka talked about pre-agency. Everything is set up for them to bring everyone back. And there, there's really no reason why they shouldn't, other than, you know, obviously the financial side of things. And I hope I, I hope they do. Um, you know, unless things go catastrophically bad and, you know, you got D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis fighting on the sidelines or something <laughs> crazy, you know, but it looks like things are going to work pretty well with the, with the pieces they added. And I hope they do bring them back and we'll be a very good team next year, regardless. Yeah, I think, I think I agree. And again, you know, we're three, no, not even three. It might be a little bit more than three now, three or so games and for sure three with like D'Lo and AD and stuff like that. And one game in with D'Lo and Braun and AD together. But so far, so good. And I think just having some level of continuity going into uh, next year's team and 
you could like out of your 10 man rotation when everybody's healthy, you could very easily bring back eight, if not nine of those 10 guys, plus Christie, plus your taxpayer, which you could very easily use on like bring back Dennis or Troy Brown, or for some re- stupid reason, if you wanted to give it to Lonnie again, um, and then your, I think you have your biannual exception plus the first round draft pick, plus the second round draft pick, plus still better minimum exceptions that you can still freely use. So, uh, yeah, I would not mind at all bringing back this roster. Yeah, I don't think they'd have to use it on on Lonnie uh, if he would be willing to take a mid level exception, um, unless you're talking about the uh, the full mid level. Um, you know, I think they have bird rights to give him like what seven point seven or something like that. He may get a better offer somewhere else. But, um, you know, they could use that to bring him back, I believe, and then use the mid-level exception on someone else. But the team is kind of set. And you talked about this on the last podcast. Um, The team is kind of already set. They have for next season, if they bring everybody back, they've got basically a nine-man rotation. And then they can add pieces, which would be really nice. And like you said, when was the last time we were in the position to come out of one season and go into the next season with this, you know, similar pieces or the same pieces that have chemistry that have played together these last two years have been teams that have to develop chemistry and then when you go up against teams like phoenix and the clippers and and uh the grizzlies these are guys that have played together for years that's very difficult especially if you go into a a playoff series where chemistry is you know when when things get hard you have to pull together and that's tough. So I, I'm I'm hoping that we can keep these pieces together and really develop some chemistry and um, let these next couple of years play out the way they they can with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think one of the most underrated pieces to a championship team in, in the past eight or so years has been continuity, and that's one of the most overlooked pieces. Look at the superstars, or whatever, but. Like outside with the the Lakers' recent championship being the outlier year because that team had no continuity whatsoever. They just came in and somehow all fit. But uh, Golden State last year, obviously the big three: Steph, Clay, Draymond. Iguodala was back on that team. That was Wiggins' second year in the system, I believe. Uh, he had a couple other guys too, but the big three was intact for a while. Milwaukee, that team had pretty much been there for years, basically, mm-hmm. especially Giannis, Middleton, a few other of those guys. Again, Lakers season is, is an outlier. Uh, Toronto even, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you think Kawhi Leonard, but pretty much that entire roster had yeah. been there throughout the LeBronto days. And obviously, yeah. State again, the Cavs. So I, I think you need continuity, at least from your core group of guys to win titles. Also, you need your core to stay healthy. But I think that is also uh, super, super important. Um, next one here, Brady Holmes. This is a fun one. What do you think was the funnest game to watch this season from a Laker fan perspective. I think for me, it had to be this last game against the Pelicans with LeBron and AD and D'Angelo Russell and all these new pieces. Like I had a smile on my face the entire game, not because I'm a D'Angelo Russell stan and have been, uh, or not only that, I should say that plays a part of it, but it was just a fun game. And it was one of the rare games throughout the last two years where you weren't really sweating too much. Like it was, it was a little competitive at times, but in a lot of ways it was a showcase uh, of what this team could potentially be. And so that for me was an incredibly fun. And then also you can flash back to the Milwaukee game, the first Milwaukee game of the season, the one we the won. First one, yes. That was probably the game of the year, at least the Lakers. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen every single game of every team this year, and there's probably been some great games, but that was a tremendous game where everyone brought it and and it was so much fun. So those would be the top two for me. What about you? Uh, Milwaukee's up there. Um, Dag. Uh, New Orleans is a really fun one from the standpoint of, like you mentioned, it was just a stress-free get to see all the other guys out there for the first time. And you know, like LeBron got to basically coast the whole way, which and that's what it felt like watching. Like LeBron just coast, 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 third quarter racked up like the easiest 10 points you'd see from LeBron all year. So, but the nerd, the basketball nerd in me wants to say the Warriors game, the set, the most recent one, no LeBron, 
going into Golden State and the defensive game plan more so from Darby. It seemed like Jared Vanderbilt in his first game do things like that. It was uh, super fun. So, But, no, those are definitely two really, really good cases as well. All good choices. Uh, let's see what else we got. Kind of a combination question because two people asked this, and I'm seeing a lot of this go around Lakers Nation. Uh, Debbie asked, are you concerned that the front office plans to trade for Kyrie in the summer? I am. And then AVI also asked, do you think the Lakers are better with D'Lo or Kyrie? Hypothetically, if he doesn't want to stay with Dallas, I would prefer D'Lo, younger and less off-court drama. Sky, there's a lot of Laker fans nervous that uh, Rob and Gene are going to mess with a bad thing, or mess with a good thing, and try to make a Kyrie trade somehow this summer. I guess start yeah. with the first question. Okay, Are it's you- a concern. Uh, I didn't see the interview, but uh, I, I had a friend ask me, like, what do you think about LeBron, like, gushing all over Kyrie at All-Star Weekend? Like, they, he didn't, <laughs> apparently he did an interview and he was, like, gushing all over him. So there is that element that, you know, LeBron might put some pressure on the front office of, like, go get Kyrie, go get Kyrie. And a lot of it might come down to how well things work out in, in Dallas, you know, if if Kyrie likes Dallas, the reports are coming out that he wants to stay there, at least from what I've seen. And I'm sure they would love to have him because they've been trying to get a star next to Luca. We'll see how it works out. But me personally, I would, if we were going to get Kyrie, first of all, I would rather stick with what we have a little more reliable. D'Angelo Russell is obviously not Kyrie Irving. Uh, and I'm not even saying that D'Angelo Russell would be the piece going out because, you know, he's going to be a free agent. So he would have to agree to go to Dallas. But let's just say D'Angelo Russell would be the piece going out, maybe someone else. Um, obviously, he's not the player that Kyrie Irving is, but he doesn't need to be. I don't think you need to have the three superstar model anymore in the NBA. I think it's about depth. I think it's about continuity, like you said, and chemistry and having, you know, a, a good team. A team is is so much more important now. And it's not like it used to be, you know, 10 years ago, you can have three stars and a couple of good role players and you're good. But now role players can drop 30 or 40 on any given night. McCall it's Bridges. about death. Right. I mean, it's just you got to have a good team now. And so. I really wouldn't want to send any pieces out and I'll, you know, that's not even speaking to I'm a Kyrie Irving fan. I don't want to sound like I'm bashing him, but you know, he has been. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm trying to think of the softest ball I can throw here. Uh, his re- he's had reliability issues over the last several years. We we know that and whether it be injury or off the court things, whatever it may be, we can't ignore that. And so I, it's not a heavy concern for me because I have always felt that 
you know, the Lakers, they, the plan was always to have three stars. It seems like they've pivoted away from that. Now they've seen that it, it may not be necessary. They won a championship without three stars. Um, even before they got Russell Westbrook, the plan was to get buddy healed. Um, and then they kind of, you know, re you took a, took a U-turn or whatever. Um, they saw it did not work again with Russell Westbrook. And now they've got these pieces and we'll see how it works. I, I, I still think LeBron might want three stars, but, uh, you know, we're just going to have to see how, how everything falls. What is your opinion on it? I don't know if, if that really answered anything. I, I, I am concerned. I'm, I'm concerned. Cause I, I, I think, I, I think there was a report might've been Wendy or might've been Dave McMenamin or somebody, somebody credible said, that uh, D'Lo is kind of like a, the backup. He was the backup plan or whatever in case Kyrie, you know, doesn't work out or whatever. And then you have a Fox Sports one uh, debate show talk about a Kyrie AD uh, sign and trade. And, and then when you even when you even start talking about the uh, the optics of how a trade would work. Kyrie because you would have the cap space it would have to be a sign and trade so you would ultimately be hard capping yourself which is another reason why I don't really like it but in the somewhat inevitable scenario where Kyrie Irving does become a Laker it like in larger part will be because of LeBron I don't want to see what happened last time where people tried to point the finger away from Rob and said hey like, no, it's LeBron's fault. Yeah, LeBron can advocate all he wants. All right, like, all right, here. here it's here. everybody's fault. It's Yeah, for one, it's everybody's fault. But let me give you yeah. more real-world scenario. Like, I can want something all I want. Like, for like, I can pitch as many ideas as I want, right? But for the channel. But if Trevor doesn't agree with the ideas, it's it's off, right? That's a that's a more small-scale scenario. But, like, Rob Polinka, you're the general manager for a reason, Right. So LeBron can want, want, want all he wants. You're the general manager. So please learn from your mistake of going Russell Westbrook, although Kyrie Irving is a much more cleaner yeah. fit, much more, <laughs> way, way more of a cleaner fit. Please realize, okay, LeBron, you, you can whine all you want, but like, I'm, I, this is my job. So no. Okay. Love you, Hall of Famer. My opinion is the greatest of all time, but no. So, that's what I'm more worried about. I'm worried that Rob Polinka won't be able to tell LeBron James no. And that's well, because the thing about that is that people don't understand is, and we've seen this happen multiple times in the NBA, it's a lot easier to replace a general manager or a coach than it is a superstar. And that is why yeah. coaches get fired over superstars. That is why general managers, we've seen this time and time again where like, Front offices will not want a player and the players want the player, you know, and, and it's very rare when, when they will rebel against that player. Um, I will say this though, if we did make a move and pivot for, and let's say we, we swapped, uh, you know, whatever it would be, whether it's uh, Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving. And I guess we, in that situation, we would let D'Angelo Russell walk. I'm not a fan of that. But I would be more of a fan of doing it that way than giving up two first-round picks and Russell Westbrook to Brooklyn for Kyrie Irving, and here's why. One, we keep a first-round pick. Two, now we're adding, instead of just Kyrie Irving and whatever salary would come with him, now we're adding Kyrie Irving, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley, assuming they bring Malik Beasley back. So obviously you'd be getting more pieces. Again, I'm, not, I'm still not a fan of it, but it would still be a little bit of a better situation than had things worked out the way they actually wanted to do it, which was trading with Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, next one here. What do you want to see the Lakers do? Uh, I'm sorry. Who do you want to see the Lakers sign with the last open roster spot? I feel like Will Barton. I don't feel like there's a lot out there right now in the buyout market. I don't think um, we are the prime destination either. You know, the 13. Obviously, there's there's potential for what the Lakers could be, but I think the really good buyout guys, they're looking at Phoenix. They're looking at uh, the Clippers. 
You know, Gold they're looking State. at maybe a Golden State. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're looking at teams that are bona fide contenders, not a team that like, ah, if you can squint your eyes, you can see the Lakers are a contender. Maybe not squint your eyes anymore. Maybe like, you know, you can kind of see it in the distance. Like, oh, yeah, they could do this. But I mean, exactly. You know, if you look at Kevin Love's going to Miami, it's like they need a forward. They've needed a power forward. And so it makes sense. He's he's going to play good minutes there. I don't know if we are a prime destination. I would I, Again, like you said, who's out there? I mean, maybe Will Barton. Will Barton could be cool. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. That's the thing as well. You know, and you pointed that out about um, Kevin Love a few shows back. Like, what minutes are we going to have for him? You know, he's yeah. going to be in the same situation. We Obviously, this is just speaking after the fact. But before that, what minutes will we have that he didn't have in Cleveland? You know, so yeah. it's tough. I agree. Um, and then again, like, I think that's the biggest problem. And Danny Green even talked about it, which is why I don't think Will Barden would even come here because like Danny Green said on his podcast, like the reason why I turned down the Lakers is because of the trades they made. There's no minutes for me anymore. So the buyout guys, like we think back to like Marquise Morris or whatever, who panned out so well for the Lakers that year. The reason why it worked is because we had minutes available for him. Same yeah. with Andre Drummond. To a certain degree, although I still despise that signing because I thought you had something on Marcus Sauls, especially with the chemistry with LeBron. But like you had minutes available for Marquise Moore. So like not only do these buyout guys nine times out of ten want to go to a contender, they want to go to a contender where there are minutes available, which is why the Kevin Love to Miami Heat pick uh works so well, why Danny Green and Cleveland make so much sense. Um Patrick Beverly even to Chicago. Yep. Um, Terrence Ross to Phoenix. Yeah. Right. So more depth. Yeah. I could see a guy like if we were, I was a fan of maybe Danny green and maybe that we could say the same about like a Will Barton um, to maybe uh, Troy Brown jr. Has been really good, but if there is an upgrade out there, then I would be a fan of that. What about, I don't know how you feel about that. An upgrade for Troy Brown. Uh, I don't know if Danny green would have been that for the record, but you know, I think Danny Green at this stage is still a better three-point shooter. I just think you lose the defense. But I would be more than open to that conversation, which actually – I have a, we're talking about Trey Brown Jr. now. Post this question to Jeff, I think, at the last show. I'm going to ask you the same one. You have an option to bring back Dennis or Trey Brown, and you have to use a portion, if not all, of your taxpayer mid-level to do it. Who are you bringing back? That's a tough one. Um... It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, man. I, I don't know if I would go either way, to be honest with you. Okay. Not as my first choice. If right. there is a, another wing defender out there that's a little bit better than Troy Brown that would be willing to come, I still think this team is like a, a, a 3 and D wing away from really making some noise. Not that they couldn't without it, but, you know, if we had, you know, a, a solid six 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 seven guy that can kind of defend and, and hit some threes a little bit better than Troy Brown, you know, if we had an upgraded version of Troy, if we had a Josh Richardson, um, you know, like if we could have uh, brought in a guy like that, you know, I think we could be really, really something. Um, that would be my first choice with the mid-level exception. If that guy is not available, um, I would maybe agree with you and go Dennis, right? I think you chose Dennis, right? Yeah. Uh, because he, he could, um, he can kind of bring you something that we don't have. Whereas you can probably find another Troy Brown jr. On the minimum, 
somewhere, you know, um, and then you've got Vanderbilt and, and, you know, you, you've got Rui who's not, you know, he's not a, a lock it up defender, but he gives you some yeah. size and you can find some size uh, is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah. And you said six, six wing that can play some defense and that can shoot. Laker Nation, I think you guys know where I'm going with this. You got the Max Christie Juju trade already on your roster. And that's why I think if you did not have to pay Christie after next year, I would have actually probably said Troy. But the fact that you have to pay Christie after next year, thanks, Rob, um, a year earlier than what you should have. I mean, that's a reason not to play him. Don't showcase him. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's going to want him. Bring it back for a bed or whatever. You're good. Um, (laughs) The reverse Taylor Horn Tucker. Um, Paid him, and now nobody wants him. So, but um, I I think I think Christie next year could be primed for a big year two, going through another full offseason with Darvinham, with LeBron and AD. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Christie could actually fit into that mold of three and D wing that you said the Lakers could be one more away, and they have a first round draft pick. You never know. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. He's 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 exciting, very exciting. Tom from Twitter on a scale, I knew we were going to get to it at some point. On a scale of one to ten, how amazing is it that Russ is a Clipper now? <laughs> <laughs> My immediate uh, reaction was. Yes, let's go. Russ is a Clipper, not because uh, I wanted the Clippers necessarily to get any better, but because I wanted Russ to be a Clipper, if that makes sense. I have been waiting for that Woj bomb uh, announcing Russell Westbrook to the Clippers since like May of 2022, last year. (laughs) Like the season wasn't even over yet. I just knew the whole time I'm like, okay. One of the big reasons he wanted to come to the Lakers in the first place was he wanted to be in L.A. with his family. He loves L.A. He's an L.A. guy. Uh, if it doesn't work out with the Lakers, he's going to end up someplace. He's going to get bought out. And where is he going to go? Oh, the team that's also in L.A. that needs a point guard. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And he played with one of the main guys there, and, and they're very good friends. So, I mean, I wasn't surprised about it at all. I wouldn't put it – I wouldn't give it – I know I'm really bad with answering these questions today. I wouldn't put a one <laughs> – to 10 number on it it's just kind of one of those like yeah duh i mean of course that's what's going to happen the question is do you think it's going to work out or not because you know on paper they have enough shooting to make it work right you got paul george you got Kawhi leonard you know marcus morris you know you put russell westbrook you know in the middle of that driving kick situations there's you know that's available and then they've got a lot of guys off the bench that can shoot but will the chemistry be there? Are there behind the scenes issues? What are your thoughts on is it going to work or not? Maybe I'm just a pessimist because I, I, I said I don't think Dallas is going to work or I'd be surprised to think it's going to either work really well or it's going to fail miserably. I don't think this is going to work um, be, because, you know, the Russell Westbrook is still most effective with the ball in his hands and it's no question about it. You're going to push yourself. And I think the report has been like, he's eventually going to wind up in the starting lineup and that starting lineup. He's going to eventually start to want to close games or whatever. And like, if he's in closing lineups with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the floor, and unless they, let's say your closing lineup is Russ, Paul George, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, and Abisa Zubac, right? I'm not guarding Russell Westbrook and I'm not guarding Zubac. If he is, anywhere from the free throw line and above that is going to jack up your i'm going to live with marcus morris ridiculous threes with the shot clock winding down in a play like that's just not optimal basketball and i i, I just don't think it's gonna work so not yeah, only that, that but you got russ taking the big shots in those moments which we've yeah. seen for the last year and a half which sometimes it works but more often than not it does not so yeah. You know, Clipper fans, buckle up. You know, it could be really, you're going to have some really nice nights where you're like, heck yeah, Westbrook. And then you're going to have some nights where you're just like, ugh, Westbrook. This is the guy? Seriously? (laughs) All right. Uh, Last few. Prediction. This is from the Mandov, I believe, on Instagram. Prediction for the lineup against Golden State on the 23rd. I believe that's the first game out of the break. So, 
Sky, what do you think should be the starting lineup for that first game back? What do I think is going to be the starting lineup or what should be the starting lineup? Uh, let's go with the more fun option. <laughs> I'll give you a little bit of both. Uh, and and maybe they're the same answer, honestly. I think they're going to keep it the same, okay. um, you know, which was D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. Now, having Vanderbilt in that starting five may have just been a matchup strategy with, oh boy, I can't talk, strategy for Brandon Ingram. Um, so it's, you know, it's possible it could change. But um, I, I think that starting five really, really worked, and I would not be upset if they would go forward with that. However, I also would not be upset if they swapped out Malik Beasley for Austin Reeves. I don't think you go back to Dennis Schroeder and D'Angelo Russell, even though it did work. I just think long-term, you know, it's it's not the best uh, backcourt you can roll out there, and you know Dennis may not even be here next year, so you might as well keep D'Angelo with somebody who's going he can develop some chemistry with, whether it be Beasley, who he already has chemistry with, or Austin Reeves for a, a slightly bigger guard who's who can play defense and shoot threes. Um, that would have been the lineup I would have rolled out. By, by the way, and I said that on a previous show, I would have gone D'Lo and Austin Reeves. Nothing against Malik Beasley. I thought he did a great job, and actually. You know, he was kind of a, a point of attack defender if I if I was if I saw that right, where he was kind of guarding CJ McCollum and he did an okay job. Um, so I'm not upset if they keep the same lineup or if they switched it up a little bit, but I do think um, you know, one thing we do know it's gonna be D Lo, A D and LeBron, and then the other pieces, you know, they may move around. Yeah, you- I, I I think like you mentioned, D LeBron A D, you know that setting stone. I like the idea of Vanderbilt. For Golden State, I I wouldn't mind Darwin switching it up and going Reeves instead of Beasley. I, th- I think they like the idea of having Beasley starting and having Reeves kind of help run that second group alongside uh, Dennis. But I don't mind Reeves starting because I think Reeves, who did a phenomenal job guarding Clay Thompson yeah. in that part, in the most recent matchup, uh, but that also scares me at the same time because we want to talk about the last matchup, but also really, really worked is Dennis and D'Lo together. So um, yeah. I, 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 all I'm going to say is I don't think Beasley's going to start against Golden State. After Golden State, I think they'll go back to being Beasley. But I think for the Golden State game, it's going to be either Dennis, not yeah, Dennis and D'Lo or D'Lo and Reeves. So I think they're going to change it. I think Vanderbilt's going to start. And question to you as as a coach, how do you feel about the mixing up? And I don't mean, you know, changing up three of the five starters every few games, but like, you know, you've got solid three starters, maybe even four, swapping out one or two guys here and there. What are your thoughts on that as far as having continuity and chemistry? Um, I I think, I don't think it's that big of a deal um, because hypothetically speaking if you have three if you have at least three consistent maybe even four consistent starters kind of to your point at the end of your question you should be fine right unless like this is going to be drastic unless like the fourth starter you're going from a guy that can't shoot at all to an elite shooter like from elite shooter to it like if that makes sense you're going from Malik Beasley who's an elite movement shooter to Reeves, who is a really, really good shooter, but not an elite like movement shoot off of screens and stuff like that, which is really the biggest hit the Lakers are going to see is offensively like their uh, stagger screen sets where you have Malik Beasley coming off of the double staggers and shooting off of that. You're not going to get that with Austin Reeves because that's not, who, that's not who Reeves is. But outside of that, I only see positives of adding Reeves in. Um, and then there's obviously different stuff with Dennis as well. So, um, for for like especially if it's for one game, but that's also what you're gonna see in the playoffs. Like there's gonna mm-hmm. be playoff series where you know Vanderbilt might not even start, might be Rui or Troy Brown starts now. So like I think as long as three to maybe four of the starters are always consistent, you're fine. Um, but when you get to the D low starts this game, no LeBron, no AD. Okay, AD's back, but still no Bron. Okay, Bron's back now, but no AD. That's when it starts to get a little bit problematic. We've seen a lot of that in the past couple yeah. of years. 
Isn't it nice to have like good pieces where it's like, well, hey, this works. We can do this or hey, we can do this because this also works too. And if we really want to get adventurous, we can do this. And that also works like instead of just like, ah, there's only I mean, one yeah, way we could put this guy in. Like <laughs> that's kind of what it's been like for a while, right? You're, you're pulling hairs trying to like find like a, a 50% chance that something works. Yeah. Well, it's like, let's play this guy because he offers the three. And then we got to play this guy because he's got a little bit of D. And like, like... Uh, all right. Last two here. Uh, should the Lakers sign a veteran just for the presence to fill the last roster spot? So my oh, opinion I... is, is, is don't go into the playoffs with an open roster spot because you never know what's going to happen. You know, injuries happen that sort of thing. You're going to want to fill out that roster and just, even if it's a guy that doesn't really get time to play, it, I would rather have a guy there that's available if we need him than looking down the bench and like, oh, dang. we have Devon no Reed has to play 30 minutes now. Uh, yeah, Right, yeah. exactly. So uh, that's my opinion on that. Yeah. I think I can agree now. I think I can agree with that. Like, just get somebody in, but like, who would that be? I guess that that's, that's when we question. start talking about like, should the Lakers bring somebody in? Like, cool, you get somebody on that idea, but like, who is? And I haven't scoured the bio market, but like, yeah. who it's would a that bummer. Be? The NBA rules prevent them from signing um, Stanley, Stanley Johnson. Johnson like, I don't know if he's signed anywhere yet, but like, obviously, because he was traded and then uh, cut and then signed and then cut. Uh, the Lakers cannot sign him. He, he would because have had to be traded, traded again yeah. and then cut. So they can't sign him again until next season, next off season or this off season, I should say. Um, yeah. But if you think about it from his perspective, if there are no teams that want him and the Lakers who already had him and have an open roster spot and might sign him, but are prevented from doing it, this poor guy has to just sit out there without a job because of these rules. Mm. I have a problem with that. I think there should be some form of like, maybe it's the way waivers are or something where it's like, okay, he gets waived. 29 other teams have the op option to sign him first. And if they all opt to not sign him, then that rule goes away. And if the Lakers want him, they can sign him because it's yeah. not like, you know, obviously they put these rules in place. So you don't have these backdoor agreements of like, Hey, I'm going to trade you this guy and then you'll wave him and I'll sign him. They had problems with that. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to, but this it's already been, you know, almost a year. He's been on two different teams at this yeah. point, you know, they're not making agreements of like, Hey, you wave him and then the Spurs will sign him and then they'll wave him. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, like that's too much. <laughs> yeah, on. exactly. Like, why is the poor guy have to sit out there without a job when he could yeah. have one? So, yeah. you know, that's that's a problem I have. All right. Last one. Ooh, this should be great for uh, Scorpio. Just focus on the next game, Sky. Uh, okay. What do you think uh, will be our record at the end of the season? I'm going 41 and 41. This is from MSAW1987 on Instagram. What are we right now? 27 and something. Like Lakers. Let me so just. I have to go, what, 14 and 9. We are. Why am I not getting the record here? My my phone is. What do you said? We're twenty seven and thirty two. That sounds about right. Something like that. I need to look at the schedule here and see. Um, five, I know we're five games under. So yeah, twenty seven and thirty two sounds right. Yeah. Yes, I can confirm that is it. So, Warriors. I don't believe Steph Curry will be back this week. So I think we can win that. That's a winnable game. I don't think he's going to um, be back for either of the two. Right, agree with the Lakers, so he's going to magically return for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to tape up whatever it is. But um, you know, I'm going to be uh, a little bit of a realist. And I'll say between those two Warriors games, we'll get one. They'll win one. They will sure. win one. Um, the Mavericks, that's a coin toss. You know, is Luca back? Is he playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean he was hurt for a minute. He played last night, so I'm going to assume he's playing. Okay, and Kyrie is playing as well, right? unfortunately <laughs> okay so that's a coin toss the grizzlies that's tough because i do think we have what it takes to beat the grizzlies but because of the way the last game ended they may come in this with like a little bit of a chip um yeah. so i'm gonna say that's a loss All i right. think we beat the thunder i think we beat the timberwolves okay. we already talked about the warriors we play the grizzlies twice i think we beat the grizzlies one of those two times okay. um 
I think we beat the Raptors, the Knicks. I don't know what the record is at this point. I'm not doing math. <laughs> so, so let's see. Okay. I'm trying to go along with you, but I lost, I lost count. Okay, 28 if we beat the Warriors. Uh, we'll call the Mavericks a loss, so 28 and 33. Grizzlies, we'll call that a loss, 28 and 34. Thunder, 29 and 34. Timberwolves, 30 and 34. Warriors, uh, did I say we win this last one? Yeah, so we'll give them that one. So what did I say, 30 and 34? So 30 and 35, 31 and 34. You have them beating the Grizzlies the second time, or at least winning one of two. Yeah, I got the Grizzlies winning one of those. So 31-35, Raptors 32-35, Knicks 33-35, Pelicans. We're beating the Pelicans 34-35. Is that where we're at? There we go. Beat the Rockets 35-35. Beating the Rockets 35-35. We're now 500. Mavericks again. We're winning that one. In L.A., at L.A., we're beating the Mavericks. Uh, One of Luka or Kyrie won't be playing that game. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> One of those two will not play that game. There we're, we go. That puts us at what, 36 and 35? 36, 35. We're magic. magic. 37, 35. We're losing we're to the Suns. 37, 36. Uh, the Thunder have been good, but we're beating them. Uh, okay. 38, 36. Bulls. I think you split. Oh, wait, no. Once, I think you win the one in LA, you, you lose the one in Chicago. Yeah. So that puts us at 39, 37. Yeah, something okay. like that, I think. Another Timberwolves game. They'll at Minnesota, they can get us with one of those. Uh 38. Rockets, uh 40, 38. Jazz, 41, 38. Clippers. Uh, we probably lose that one because Westbrook's gonna drop 48 on us. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna shoot five for seven from three, and he's gonna have a triple double. So, uh, and I already lost where we were. What did I say? 41. So that, I think that's like 41 and like 39. And then you have the Suns and Jazz coming up. And we probably lose the Suns and we beat the Jazz. So, So what is that? 41, 42? 42. 42 and 40. What does that put us in the uh, plan? Is that it? Is that eight? Not is that uh, seven, eight? That's what I want to be. You'd have to be like, you'd have to somehow get to like 45 to get to the seven seed, I think. This is also barring everyone stays healthy and and doesn't miss too many games. Yes. I don't know what that record was. I wasn't counting the individual games over the next 23 or whatever it is, but. um, Right. And I was being optimistic. I was being optimistic, obviously. Shout out to to, uh, Matt, the optimist Peralta. But uh, I was being optimistic, but I don't think unrealistic yeah what do you think no i i think i think i said on the last pot or maybe i didn't it was more just a thought but i think anywhere from 40 to 43 is realistic but you got to get 40 because i think 40 is the magic number to at least get into the plan when you start talking about 41 42 i think that's like eight nine anything above 43 is what like the seven seed will probably get but um yeah I, I, they, they I need to that. rattle off they they need to rattle off like a four or five game winning streak you they gotta rattle to. off like two of those almost yeah like if not two you gotta rattle off like that if you got a five gamer in there like you gotta rattle mm-hmm. off that five gamer and then you gotta rattle off like a, a separate three to four somewhere yeah. else i think there's a stretch where it's like new york orlando houston something along those lines of that yeah. and i think you got to get that new york's playing good basketball but that game's in la so yeah um, you, the lakers got to get hot yeah they've got they've got a game um at la uh raptors at lakers and then knicks at lakers win. lakers win. at pelicans uh, lakers at houston those are four games that they can they could and should win like if you don't go three and one in that stretch, and the loss yeah. being like the Pelicans, maybe, maybe the Pelicans, the Raptors, maybe like well coached Raptors, yeah, yeah, uh, it it could be two and two, but I think you you can easily go three one or four zero. Oh. They should yeah. go four zero oh, because the yeah. Rockets ain't trying to win anything. No. Um, you know we should go out there and beat down the Pelicans with everything that's on at stake with them. You know, and, and who knows uh, if Zion's Knicks, even healthy yet? Like, how soon yeah. is that game? I feel like this game's relatively that is soon. March fourteenth. Yeah, who knows if Zion's not like? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if he'll be back by then. And then obviously we've got the Mavericks again and then the Magic after that. So, I mean, even if you count those one, two, three, four, five, six games. Go four and two, five and one. You can easily go four and two or five and one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the two losses would probably be Pelicans or Mavericks, but those yeah. are winnable games. It's not like though yeah. they're not like the Suns or the Clippers, where it's just like, oh yeah, we're losing those. Yeah, you lose conclusion. Um, yeah, those six game that six game streak, uh, the, four and two, five and one, something like that is what they need to do. So to wrap up the pod, can we agree, Sky, that out of the last twenty three games? There are probably what only two or three games where you're like, yeah, you probably won't win. And that's Phoenix twice and the Clippers. Neither that, I think you could probably sneak Phoenix once. Yeah. I think I have a feeling because I think we play both teams twice. You play the Clippers once, Phoenix twice. Phoenix twice. Okay. In those three games, we're going to get one. We're going to get one of those. We may lose the other two. Yeah. And I don't know who we're going to beat, but we're going to get one. Of those yeah. three. That's that's my prediction. I agree. Lakers Nation, comment down below. How excited are you to see this new look Lakers for the remainder of the season? And what should be the goal? Should the Lakers try to set a goal, let's win, and get 43 wins, get the seven seed, or should they take the Scorpio Sky approach and, you know, just win the next one and go on a 23-game winning streak, which is easily the, the preferred option there. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, guys, stay safe and see ya. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com